Recorded live. Hello, this is Michael Adams again, Nothing But The Truth. It's February 4th, 2015. I'm going to read an article entitled, uh, Key to Pope Francis' Identity. This is on www.bereanbeacon.org. I don't necessarily agree with everything they say, but this is an interesting article. Um, it says, Master of the Jesuit Spiritual Exercises, and this was dated uh, April 10th, 2014. And I think it would be an important article to read in order for people to, you know, hey, he's coming to address the Congress and uh, the Senate. And uh, I don't know about you, but that concerns me. Maybe we should learn a little more about this man and who he is and why is he coming to, I guess, demonstrate his authority over this country. But who is he? What is a Jesuit? We've been talking a lot about Jesuits and Jesuit oaths, St. Ignatius Loyola, etc. Let's see what uh, his you know, connection to St. Francis is and all that. So Here we go. Now, on the first anniversary of Pope Francis' election to the papal chair, we thought it fitting to see what the Jesuit what the Jesuits think of Francis's work so far. Appropriately, James Martin, S.J., editor-at-large of the prestigious Jesuit magazine, America. Something to think about there, huh? The prestigious Jesuit magazine, America, was featured in a brief online video entitled Pope Francis Still a Jesuit? A video subtitled, Look at the Pope's Jesuit Identity, or a look at. So Martin notes that Francis had been a, the novice director of the Argentine province of the Jesuit order. To obtain this position, Francis had to be thoroughly knowledgeable regarding the text of St. Ignatius Loyola's spiritual exercises. Martin's is estimation is that indeed Francis Jesuit identity has in fact had a very great influence on his actions as Pope. If we are to gain any useful insight into the unique characteristic interests and attentions of this new pontiff, it is imperative that we appreciate the forces that have molded his mind and life. Only we have done this will it become blindly clear why this man was the perfect Vatican choice. <clears throat> Francis the first has all already demonstrated the considerable personal ability to sway multitudes of wavering Catholics in diverting them from the contemplating the depressing spectacle of a corrupt and deprived ecclesiastical institution. 
Though the road has been beset with embarrassments, setbacks, and obstacles, Francis is effectively brushing past the real causes and consequences of the terrible moral crisis of Romanism and resettling the minds of the faithful. They have become enthusiastic spectators of a masterful theoretical how am I not saying it right? Theatrical, excuse me, theatrical presentation of authentic old-style spirituality. For example, it can be seen from the, the moment of his first appearance on the balcony after his election, when he sincerely implored the population of St. Peter's Square to pray for him to his ongoing practice of embracing the untouchable and unclean, washing the feet of ordinaries and enemies. Thus has Francis consistently created an atmosphere in which despairing and delusioned Catholics around the world are now ready both to hear him and, more importantly, to be led by him. His determined mission to rescue the church using forms and techniques of Jesuit mystical spirituality is being remarkable is bearing remarkable fruit. It is a startling uh, contemporary testimony to the enduring power of the uh, Ignatian way to disarm its victims and draw them into willing submission. Now he's starting to get an idea why he's doing the things he's doing, huh? <laughs> Certainly not by happen chance. All the things that we're seeing in this behavior. Historical context underlying the spiritual exercises. The goal of Eastern meditation is to unite oneself directly with God. In the 12th and 13th century in Europe, there arose a great interest in Eastern mysticism, even as the papacy pounded out a tool by which to secure the controlling share of civil power in the Holy Roman Empire. During the earlier centuries, true evangelists, had done much to evangelize Europe and the British Isles with the gospel. But by the 12th century, the papacy was strong enough to instigate the Inquisition, which through the civil state tortured and murdered those who refused to bow to its religious dictates. Rather than promoting the gospel among the many pagans who lived within the Holy Roman Empire, the papacy was busy coercing all of them, Christian, Jew, and pagan alike, into a religious system that would guarantee to itself the reign of civil power necessary to become its dominant ruler. The papacy had never embraced the true gospel and thus was easily able to assimilate to itself the pagan practices it encountered within the borders of the Holy Roman Empire. 
These pagan practices, uh, the Roman Church whitewashed with an external form of Christianity. Without true spirituality based on the Gospel and the Bible, the Papal Church became the perfect place for an Eastern Alexandrian Egyptian mysticism to flourish. Fleeing the aggressive push of the Mohammedanism against the remnants of the collapsing Eastern Orthodox Oriented Empire, um, and I gotta go again, Anchorites, Anchorites, monks. So I think it's called Anachor, Anarchy, Anachor, Anachorites. Let's get that word again. Anachorite monks, together with hordes of other pseudo-spiritual clerical sects, heavily influenced by Platonic idolism and mystery, mystic disciplines, immigrated to the safer Western regions. It was this rapid infusion of new forms and practices based on the philosophical flavor and philosophical uh, manufactured religious experience that influenced Western monks to explore new areas of the contemplative life and pseudo-Christian piety. Consequently, in the 13th century, mystical elements emerged among new orders of monks such as the Franciscans of St. Francis and the Dominicans of St. Dominic. Uh, provincially, however, in the early 16th century, Luther's rediscovery of the gospel that on the authority of the scripture alone, justification is by God's grace alone, received by faith alone, in Christ alone, and to God alone be the glory began and continued to spread like wildfire across Europe. But it was not until the middle of the 16th century that, that mystics such as Ignatius Loyola, uh, Teresa of Avila, and John of the Cross were able to develop a systematized mysticism in their writings. Loyola's spiritual exercises is typical of the mystical movement of the Roman Catholic of Roman in Roman Catholicism, but its genesis is that it is okay. And, but its genius, excuse me, is that it is an attempt, mainly through the imagination to directly connect the thoughts and actions of an individual with what was called the grace of God. Thus did these well-known 16th century propagators of mysticism lay out steps by which a person was purportedly to achieve direct personal union with the divine. A summary look at the the spiritual exercises. Okay. J. A. Wiley's summary of the spiritual exercises is that it is a clever imitation of what biblically is called conversion. Wiley explains to foster the growth of this infant 
Hercules, the Jesuit order, Loyola had prepared beforehand his book entitled Spiritual Exercises. This is a body of rules for teaching men how to conduct the work of their conversion. It consists of four grand meditations and the penitent retiring into solitude is to occupy to occupy absurdly his mind on each of the successions during the space of the rising and setting of the seven suns. It may be fitly styled a journey from the gates of destruction to the gates of paradise mapped out in stages so that it might be gone in a short period of four weeks. It combines the self-denial, mortification of the Brahman with the asceticism of the uh, Anchorites. Now you're wrong what that is, Anchorites. <clears throat> I broke that down. This world's a lot more weirder than I ever thought it was. The Anchorites probably is some Gnostic group or something like that. Okay, and and the asceticism of the schoolman, it's it professes uh, like the Quran to be a revelation. Okay, the Book of Exercises says that a Jesuit was truly written by the finger of God and delivered to Ignatius by the Holy Mother of God. The spiritual exercises was a body of rules by following which one could effect upon one's himself that great change which in biblical or theological language is termed conversion. This the divine transformation was at the our taking place in thousands of instances in the Protestant world Loyola like uh, the magicians of old who strove to rival Moses wrought with his enchantments to produce the same miracle history of Loyola submitting to Pope Paul III Wiles or Wiley gives an account of Loyola's submitting himself and his men to Pope Paul in Rome. The war in which Loyola and his nine companions enrolled themselves when on the fifteenth of August fifteen thirty four they made their avow in the church of Montemer. See if I'm saying that right. Montmartre. That's M O N T M A R T E. Martin Martin. I don't know something like that. Anyways, was to be waged against the Saracens uh, of the East. However, the war which had just broke out between the Republic and the Port. Porte, 
close the gates of Asia. I've said it'd be port. They took this as an of an intimation that the field of their operation was to be in the west western world. Returning uh, on their path, they now directed their steps towards Rome, and every town through which they passed on their way to the eternal city, they left behind them an immense reputation of sanctity by their labors in the hospitals and their earnest addresses to the populace on the streets. As they drew nigh to Rome, the hearts of some of his companions were beginning to despond. Loyola was cheered by a vision in which Christ appeared and said to him, In Rome will I be gracious unto thee. The hopes this vision inspired were not to be disappointed. Entering the gates of the capital of Christendom and throwing themselves at the feet of uh, Paul, Paul III, they met a most gracious reception. The Pope hailed their offer of assistance as most opportune. Mighty dangers at that hour threatened the papacy, and with the half of Europe in revolt, the old monkish orders become incapable. This new and unexpected aid seemed sent by heaven. The rules and the constitutions of the new order were drafted and ultimately approved by the Pope. Two peculiarities of the constitution of the proposed order specifically recommended it in the eyes of Paul III. The first was its vow of unconditional obedience. The society swore to obey the Pope as an army obeys its general. It was not canonical, but military obedience, uh, which its members offered him. They would go to whatever place, at whatsoever time, on whatsoever errand, he should be pleased to order them. They were, in short, to be not so much monks as soldiers. Pope Francis has been thoroughly indoctrinated into Loyola's spiritual exercises and his military attitude. Now, as Pope, he comes to the world stage, so first in spiritual exercises, so able to spread the knowledge and practice of this counterfeit way of conversion, a way that has nothing whatsoever to do with the Bible and the gospel of Jesus Christ. This brings us to the fact that this spirit of Ignatian's training is not only mystical, but it is also ethical. Spiritual exercises demonstrate ethically. Or demonstrate ethically, excuse me. There are several ways that Pope Francis manifests his Ignatian training. As for example, in his preaching, rather than preaching the gospel or exegeting the scripture to convict 
his hearers of sin, righteousness, and the judgment to come, he tells his audience, close your eyes and imagine yourself doing. This is to appeal solely to the subjectivity of the emotions rather than to present as a proposition to the mind. Uh, the objective truth of God's written word in Scripture. Nevertheless, James Martin says that statements of Francis such as close your eyes and talk to Jesus in your prayers is very Ignatian. Martin is correct in his estimation. The emphasis is the spiritual exercises is either on one's imagination. Imagine you can see a particular or gory detail of hell. Imagine you can smell the sulfur. And on and on it goes, stoking the heated imaginations without mercy, without truth. Now you see where uh, all this New Age stuff about visualization and imagination and the mind comes from. They didn't even think it up originally, you know, this New Age movement. They got it straight from the Jesuits. That's how authentic the New Age movement is. Mm. Okay, where were we at? Sorry for that. Uh, uh, the imaginations of men's hearts is evil from his youth. Thus, it is... Gr where did I go? Okay. This is this is the way Ignatius learned from his reading of the lives of the saints and mystics, but it is not the way of Scripture. Rather, Scripture states the imagination of men's hearts is evil from his youth. Thus, it is a great mercy that the Lord denies to convict the sinner of his precarious state before the Holy Ghost. The sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ was on behalf of sinners to perpetuate God's wrath against each sinner. The one who believes on the Lord Jesus Christ alone is saved unto eternal life through faith alone by God's grace alone. How will the unsaved sinner know this if he is not taught that the Bible alone is the first authority. How will the unsaved sinner know the true gospel if he does not read a Bible and no one tells him? Ignatius' most important endeavor was to lock both rulers and common people of the Roman Empire into unquestioning obedience to the Roman Catholic Church. His primary tactic was to train his men to excellence in various skills and professions with the intent to convert the children of Bible believers to Catholicism. His principal book, Spiritual Exercises, was intended to teach people how to reach a mystical union with God as a substitute for real conversion to Jesus Christ. Without the gospel... Locked in subjective mysticism, both the priest and the lay person or people are then without biblical authority 
except as mediated to them by the Roman Church. Francis, having completed the spiritual exercises, is now detached, i.e., free from any disordered attachment, so that all his attachments and desires are supposedly ordered towards God. And Pope Francis, appraising uh, 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 himself to be, in the terminology of the spiritual exercises, one of Christ's captains, he now, as Pope, is able to serve God according to the subjective dictates of his own darkened conscience. Therefore, it is not surprising, as Jesuit priest Martin points out, Pope Francis breaks Catholic traditions whenever he wants because he is free from disordered attachments according to the subjectivity of his own mindset, rather than worshiping and serving God according to the authority of the scriptures. Clearly, the Roman Catholic Church has entered a new phase with the advent of its first Jesuit pope. It is obviously ruled by an individual rather than by the authority of scripture alone and even its own dictates of tradition plus scripture. Ignatius spirituality at the present time. The Jesuits are quite active in promoting the spiritual exercises. For example, on the website www.ignatianspirituality.com comes this quote, spiritual exercises are a completion of meditation, prayer, and contemplative practices developed by St. Ignatius Loyal to help people deepen their relationship with God. For centuries, the exercises were most commonly given as a long retreat of about 30 days in isolated, uh, sol- excuse me, solitude and silence. In recent years, there has been a renewed emphasis on the spiritual exercises as a program for lay people. The most common way to go through the exercise now is to retreat in daily life, which involves a month-long program of daily prayer and meetings with the spiritual director. The exercises have also been adapted in many other ways to meet the needs of modern people, why must excuse me, we must keep in mind that the Jesuit spirituality and ethics are a very effective combination of mystical technique and authoritarian authoritarian propositions. The writings and teaching styles of Jesuitism or Jesuitism is heavily nuanced with techniques of suggestive dissociation. Disciples are lured over, excuse me, disciples are lured every, ever so subtly into embracing new views of reality and ethical norms apart from critical reflection on either the intellectual or logical integrity of the initiated or the ensued. Let me try this again. Where am I at? Uh, logical integrity of the of the insinuated dogmatic propositions, 
the views of reality and ethical norms apart from the critical reflections on either the intellectual or just read that the smooth flow of suggestion and causatic cause uh, we're talking about causatory now cause suicic cause reasoning I'm not saying it right causic I say it's causic reasoning now we're talking about causatory again and just teaching material hinders mental resistance and diverts learner from appreciating that they are visualizing and emoting rather than thinking it is a, a methodical technique of disarmament by dissociation that leads inevitably to surrender of the mind and will For the contemporary example, for a contemporary example, consider the Jesuit Jim Harbaugh. What? Jim Harbaugh? That's not good. He has produced a masterful synthetic amalgamation of Jesuitism and modern humanistic theory in his book entitled A 12-Step Approach to Spiritualism of St. Ignatius. Aha! Think about that. Talking about AA now, and remember, I told you the Jesuits are definitely, and their uh, uh, and their uh, spiritual exercises are definitely the foundation of the twelve-step program. And here they are blending it in. Uh, the twelve-step sections of the spiritual exercises are followed by. Oh, it is based on the parallels between spiritualist exercise and the program Alcoholics Anonymous, as I said earlier. Um, the 12-step sections from the spiritual exercises are followed by an explanation of how they relate to 12-step Alcoholics Anonymous philosophy. Thus, it is that the Jesuit Jim Harbaugh capriciously implies that one will learn a new spiritual path and independence. However, one's mind will be captivated by the sinister Jesuit philosophy and effectively immunize, immunize against the testimony of Holy Scripture concerning the nature of one's true and living God and the way of salvation by and in the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. However, rather than helping people deepen their relationship with God, the exercises are a way to learn occult visualization. Yes, sir. Though it may appear to be harmless, even spiritually satisfying, it is patently idolatrous, mental imaging, enhance biblical forbidden mental pictures, communicate the message that Christ is other than the biblical God who cannot be pictured. Unless there are churches that hold uh, this, uh, taze meetings, taze meetings, I don't know what that is, it's T-A-I-Z-E, meetings, taze meetings, uh, I'm going to write that down because I don't know what that is either. Always learning something. Okay, let's go back to where I was. 
with repetitive chanting, meditative silence, and candles lit rooms for their youth. Oh my gosh, the, the, the AABs. Let me just go to the end candlelight meetings. I mean, oh my gosh. The point is that all these forms and meanings, and, and all these forms and means are mere techniques. They are disciplines that is ordered and directed structures of imaginative human and material symbolic interaction. They are designed to A, provoke certain valued moods or feelings, B, invoke surrender of the critical faculties by focusing on sensations and mental images, C, artfully reduce the risk of cognitive stress by camouflaging contradictions, and finally, D, excite elevated consciousness of an idolized better or obedient self, happily adjust to the world by willing conformity to a program or authority. That's mad. Modern mystical uh, attentiveness. So modern mystical attentiveness. The modern arisal of interest in mysticism in the West in general can be traced to the lack of true biblical teaching on the whole counsel of God and the gospel and the evangelical churches going back at least the early 20th century, and by the mid-20th century, the infamous hippie movement had broken full force in England and America, where it was rampant in the colleges and universities and the general culture. The basis of that movement was a widespread declaration that God is dead and is corollary, corollary, and is corollary, man, I hate my MS, at truth is relative, all truth is relative, including moral truth. It was into this vacuum that mysticism entered. Modern interest in Catholic mysticism can be traced in the 20th century by Thomas Merton, 1915 to 1968, uh, a, a Trappist monk of the Abbey of Gethsemane in Kentucky, Gethsemane in Kentucky, <laughs> Martin's conviction was that self-denial of mystical experiences would lead to full obedience to the Roman Church as they had for him. As before, Martin Ignatius had offered to people the deception of mystical experiences. So now this illust uh, so this illustri 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 so this illustri deception has thus continued into the 21st century with Brian McLaurin. The story. Okay, McLaurin is the leader of the influential group of emergent churches and follows the mystical illusions of Ignatius Loyola, Maginess, and Brian McLaurin's book, A Generous Orthodoxy. The author is 
at no loss of dem- to demonstrate how his emergent thinking works. The object of his book is to lump all evangelicals and Catholics together, the ecumenical movement. Thus, McLaurin's states, Scripture is something God had let be, and so it is at once God's creation and the creation of the dozens of people and communities and cultures who produced it. In this, as in most of his teachings, McLaurin is in line with the Church of Rome, while Papal Rome does not say these words, she embodies the same concept when she states sacred scripture and holy traditional uh, tradition transmits in its entirety the word of God. McLaurin has clearly paralleled the Catholic line of attempting to equate man's creativity on par with God's. It is especially serious to undermine the authority of God's written word. Such belittling of the authority of their written word prevents a person from coming to the to knowledge of the truth and embracing it as it is in Christ Jesus. McLaurin, like Loyola and Pope Francis, teaches a soul-damning message because he has he has attempted to take away the key of knowledge in the Bible, the culmination and application, culmination and application. Eastern mysticism continues to plague our country and culture, as does its counterpart, the Catholic mysticism of the Middle Ages, the contemporary narcissism and the preoccupation with self together with the automatic reaction against objective, revealed, and authoritative truth has created a sociological and quasi-spiritual environment in which Eastern mysticism and New Age movement are flourishing. Therefore, it is not to be wondered at that in a society fragmenting as ours is, as the modernized modernized versions of the Jesuit spiritual exercises are sure to appeal to those seeking refuge from the growing chaos into which the West is devolving. And that's, we're now talking about then Hegel's dialectic, a problem, reaction, solution. Uh, and, uh, of course, they create the problem, then they give you the solution, and this is what their solution is. The fact that Pope Francis is a Jesuit will do much to promote the spiritual exercise among religious unbelievers and ignorant believers alike. However, we know, as Scripture tells us, that sorrows shall be multiplied upon those that hasten after another God and another standard of what is called truth. This is the destiny of those who run after the imaginations of the spiritual exercises, the doom of those who hasten to reinvent Christ and his cross, and all they eagerly crave, all the lust of the mind, bring upon themselves judgments from the true God and his Christ. They that multiply anti-biblical ways increase 
anguish and pain for themselves, both in this life and the one to come. And that's true. When I was practicing this new age stuff, it made a mess all my life. And I guarantee you, if you're doing it now, it's making a mess of life. And any of you to think about doing it, it will make a mess out of your life. And it's an experiment that's not worth doing. I reassure you that. The scripture explains the reason for their ruin because they received not the love of the truth and they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them a strong delusion and they should believe a lie and that they might all be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Nevertheless, the world praises the achievements of Pope Francis as a great spiritual guide. The wicked love darkness, but God's people love the light. Pope Francis and the Jesuits have blindly equated the true God with the God within. They have sought to circumvent the Lord Jesus Christ and his gospel by turning to inward self-realization and enlightenment. They thereby have this, this divested themselves of the true knowledge of the very God to whom all their attachments are supposedly now ordered. Thus their values are set on personal inner feelings and that are often incapable of reason, explanation, and even any quest for a biblically reasoned rational rationale can be actively discouraged. Without the conviction of the Holy Spirit, how can they truly assess the depth of their own wickedness? If they do not study the scriptures, how will they know that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked? Who can know it? The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. In face of raw imagination, fueling the spiritual exercises, the grace of God still conquers, redeems, and saves. The scripture explains grace and his power. Grace not only makes salvation possible, but it is also efficient and all-powerful to, to that end. The Lord God's astonishing grace is still able to break the arrogance of Pope Francis and such as the leaders of the emergent church. The lying and deceitful compromises of so-called contemporary evangelical leaders denying biblical truth are demolished by the direct work of the Holy Spirit through the gospel. The gospel alone remains the power of God unto salvation. Every individual who is saved is being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. In the face of subjective or irrational speculation, the gospel is objective, rational, consistent, and all-powerful. The gospel of Christ stands firm. The absolute sovereignty of God is a great battering ram against human pride and the doctrine of men. By nature, we are dead in trespasses and sins, and in practice, 
rebels rebels against the all-holy God. We were justly exposed to the curse of the law, yet the love of the Heavenly Father in the gospel of grace rescued us from his fiery indignation. By his grace, we turn to him in faith alone for the salvation that he alone gives. By the conviction of the Holy Spirit based on Christ's death and resurrection for his own and believe on Jesus Christ, the Lord alone, by, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not, not of yourself. It is a gift from God not works lest any man should boast. Such grace and love melts our hearts in adoring gratitude as we proclaim, not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name, give glory for thy mercy for, and for thy truth, truth's sake uh, for him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. Uh, Richard Bennett of uh, Marine Beacon. Um, this is from www.marinebeacon.org. And Richard Bennett did a very good job here. I strongly recommend it. Anybody listen to any of those videos and, and um, read those articles if you want to have a better understanding of uh, the war that we're in. Um, then it's a whole long list of. Uh, of uh, verses to read if you decide to go into the information pack and, and download this. And that was cool. That was really cool. Nice little article. Very insightful. So now, then we're going to... Uh, do I really want to deal with this guy? I talked about this Richard Rohr on timeless wisdom of in the immortal diamond that uh, came from that article that we read uh, distilled spirits for I think it was from Don Latin uh, we we're talking about Huxley and talking about Heard and uh, Bill Wilson I just wonder if it would be a good time to actually read Richard Rohr's Timeless Wisdom. So you see that he's a Franciscan and a Roman Catholic, and somehow he's, you know, practices mysticism. No, oh, I wish my big brother would get out of that nonsense. I wish my sister would get out of the, more, or the uh, Catholic Church. I wish my mom would get out of the Mormon Church. I don't know. Oh, I love them. And I, and I love my little brother, too. I wish he would come to the Lord. And my son's mother, I love her and her kids, too. I wish that they'd come to the Lord. And my son. Makes life a lot easier, actually. Which is ironic, because... Um, you know, this, the world persecutes you. Uh, 
the tribulation of the world, but you have the this inner peace and the inner turmoil uh, subsides, and you know you don't so uh, subject to it. So, um, I mean, I do have my rough moments, but I do if I pray and I read the Bible or do something like this, then it uh, makes life a lot easier. So, anyways, I think I'm going to quit. I'm not going to read the article uh, about Richard Rohr, the Franciscan monk, and his uh, New Age uh, Jesuit exercises. Maybe another time. Anyways, I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you get something out of it. If it's hard to follow because of my reading, please go into the information box uh, open up that link um, I believe what you have to do is probably copy it and then put it in um, that go that way I don't think it just opens up that automatically but anyways um, it's it's an article worth reading I think it gives a very good introduction to who Pope Francis really is spiritual exercises why it's so dangerous why it's so dangerous that a Pope who is a Jesuit is running the show right now. And why, and if you start to see why he is running the show uh, with the uh, emerging church movement, with uh, uh, the New Age movement, with the Spiritualist movement, with AA, with all these different movements, everything is at enmity and contradicts the Word of God and God Himself. And uh, yeah, it makes sense why he would be the one chosen to do that, because he's going to help uh, lead in the new world order religion. Um, it's just going to get more wackier as time goes on. So, and people are going to become more and more. See, I mean, it really does trouble me. I know, I know what this leads. It's made a mess out of my life. It really has this new age stuff, AA, um, even even Mormonism, all this stuff. How my life would be so much better if somebody would have truly taught me starting out the gospel of Jesus Christ and and the importance of reading the Bible, really studying in the Bible. Uh, you know, growing up a Mormon, the problem is the Bible was there, the King James was there, but it was a supplement to the Book of Mormon and uh, a companion to the Book of Mormon it wasn't taken very seriously. I was taught that the Book of Mormon was more the word of, more the true word of God than the Bible itself and was never given any other uh other uh how do I say this? No one ever told me otherwise. No one taught me otherwise. Nobody said, Well no, Mike, maybe they're wrong. Maybe you gotta try it this way. Um of course, I lived, I lived in a culture society where there are religious people, but people that didn't read the Bible. Because it's predominantly Roman Catholic, and it's daughter churches, the Lincoln Church and the Methodist Church. And um, it's a real mess. A lot of good people being led astray. Same thing over and over again. But it's just getting worse right before our eyes. 
Anyways, God bless. Take care of yourself.